0: You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Rams Nation, what is good? It's your boy, Sosa Cremendous, the host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the best protein bar on the market. We've got an interesting show for you today in which my guest and I will discuss new defensive coordinator Brandon Staley, essentially from top to bottom, the return and development of John Johnson, and what it means for the entirety of the secondary, and what you can expect from rookie wide receiver Van Jefferson. Today's guest is someone you may know. He's been on the show a couple of times before. He even precedes me. It's my guy, Jake Bogan of Downtown Sports Network and Downtown Rams. My guy, Jake, how are you? I'm great. So, how are you, man? Thanks so much for uh, bringing me on. Absolutely, I'm doing good. I'm excited to talk to you. I think we're gonna have a few interesting segments here, and um, I, you know, you've had me on your show. It only made sense for me to get you back. Absolutely, man. And I was just listening to that the other day. I think I told you that. Uh,
0: it's it's funny. It's it. A lot has happened since then for both of us. I mean, you know what you're doing, and now you have your own show, and and the Rams, for that <laughs> instance, a lot different as far as uh, the team we were talking about uh, then uh, versus the team we're going to be talking about
1: today. Absolutely. Time flies, time flies. Uh, to begin, we're just going to start touching base and kind of discussing the defense as a whole. Um, obviously, Brandon Staley was hired in the offseason when the Rams decided to let a veteran defensive coordinator Wade Phillips walk. That was a questionable move probably for a lot of the fan base, including myself. I, I think it has the potential to kind of backfire, but I'm also, uh, I'm also very excited to kind of see what Brandon Staley can bring to the defense. And in terms of uh, his juice and his youth, I think that that could be something that could spark the defense to perform better. But um, Staley does have a few years of coaching experience in the NFL, particularly at the outside linebacker position um, in Chicago and most recently in Denver. Obviously, those are two really good defenses. And he has experience with a guy like Leonard Floyd and probably played a big part in bringing Floyd over uh, during the offseason in the free agent market. And he had a, uh, a press conference the other day where he was talking about, it was a lot of coach speak, but there were some interesting things where he was kind of discussing intense competitions at the inside linebacker and edge positions. And um, obviously those, and even even the secondary actually, but you know that's to be expected obviously during the offseason and particularly for the Rams because they do have a lot of spots up for grab right now. So Jake, do you think Brandon Staley is going to be able to come in And kind of immediately set the tone for the new defense when he's installing his philosophy? Or do you think that it's kind of a natural process that may take a few weeks to occur and maybe we don't see them fully hit their stride and kind of jump over the hiccups by midseason or something of, of that nature?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. I think, will he make an impact? I think, you know, definitely he's going to set the tone. Um, you know, this is, at least for the guys that are here that were also with Wade, this is going to be a different type of vibe, a, a different transition. Wade was kind of more the laid back, everybody respected him type. Uh, whereas you have Brandon Staley who's you know the young guy and, and he's the he's the new defensive coordinator he's the rookie defensive coordinator so he knows right out of the gate he has to come out firing on all cylinders and really you know get this team to uh respect him and I think that's something that he can obviously do um you know I was a little iffy on the move i I really believed just everything that I had heard. Aubrey Pleasant was going to be the guy. So I was a little shocked when they went with Brandon Staley, but you know, if McVeigh and everything that he said about Aubrey, if McVeigh you know, went with Brandon Staley, that should tell you something. I think it kind of goes back to when, you know, the Rams played the bears and they picked off Goff I think four or five times in that game, uh, that infamous game that, you know, many people go back and they look at and they're like, how do you stop a McVeigh offense? Well, you know, the bears defense with Vic Fangio's scheme might've set the tone and, and might've basically showed you how to do it. Um, so, you know, by having Brandon Staley, you have that defense that stifled the Rams offense that year, or, you know, similar to that. I'd imagine the philosophy is going to be very similar to Vic Fangio, who Brandon Staley followed uh, when Fangio was hired by Denver. Um, and, you know, the, the way I see it is, is there's going to be obviously a tone set from the beginning. Uh, but at the same time, if you're expecting this defense to be top five immediately, you're probably not going to get that right off the cuff. Um, I think this is, the it's weird, Sos, because in a sense, this is the worst year ever to have a pandemic, you know, with the way the Rams were basically installing, you know, a new defense and adding all of these guys, you know, that were not in-house. But at the same time, it's almost good because you can look at it that way or you can look at the way, you know, all these teams now, Uh, with limited opportunities to really be with their players, it's kind of like everybody's on the same playing field. And, you know, yes, you're going to have your teams that have that consistent coaching staff already in place and the consistent personnel. Um, But that's not every team. And so I feel like, in a sense, it's kind of good and bad, you know, the pandemic and the way that kind of helped out uh, Brandon
1: Staley and also kind of hurt Brandon Staley's transition yeah, it's interesting to think about um, just in terms of what kind of impact it's going to have on on the Rams specifically. But like you said, league-wide too, because it's really unprecedented, really. Um, it's not something that's ever really happened, at least not in our lifetimes, that's for sure. But um, with that being said, what do you think we should expect out of the defense in terms of their performance? Do you think that they ultimately improve upon last year's defense or... Are they maybe just a league average defense sort of like they were last year? Or do you even think they have the potential to take a step back?
0: I think, I mean, this is really your boomer bust type of defense. Um, You know, as you know, and and many people know, um, my affinity for Corey Littleton. I I mean, I think they're really going to miss Corey Littleton inside backer. Um, And Micah Kaiser missing all of last year. He's had some injury concerns in the past. I'm worried if he gets hurt that whole inside backer group, I think is, you know, lacking the game experience. I mean, you would make the argument that Kenny young and Troy reader are the most experienced NFL starters at that inside backer spot. And while that makes for great depth, Troy is actually one of the inside, uh, you know, one of the favorites and he has the inside track, uh, according to the Rams, uh, you know, um, website, he has the inside track to start next to Micah Kaiser. So, you know, there's just not a lot of, um, you know, experience from that group. I would have thought that they would have, you know, at least kept Corey Littleton or added, um, you know, a veteran. I know you were talking about adding a veteran. Um, I think it's a, a very young group and I think it could hurt them. Uh, losing Sean Robinson, I also think could hurt them. Um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting, man. You know, I don't really know exactly what to expect out of this defense because, I mean, they could be great against the run and, you know, struggle um, as far as, you know, linebackers and coverage. I think that this secondary, I subscribe to the idea that they're a lot better than, you know, given. Um, you know, I think a lot of uh, just a lot of analysts around the league have been kind of not really talking about the secondary and more so just Jalen Ramsey. You know, the Rams are going to get a John Johnson back. You know, they do have Troy Hill, a guy I know you like. I like him as well. Darius Williams, been following him since, uh, you know, his UAB stint. So, um, you know, I think they have a lot of talent on this defense. And they they added talent uh, through the draft with uh, Burgess, Fuller, and Johnston. Um, but as far as expecting, like, what they're going to do, I mean, I think this is the most unpredictable defense the way it stands probably in the league uh, because I wouldn't be surprised no matter what happens. If they fall off a cliff, you know, if that's how they start, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're amazing. I wouldn't be surprised. I do think losing a Robinson is low key, the biggest killer and uh, even overshadows the inside linebacker concerns that I have.
1: Yeah. I think you make a good point. Uh, unfortunately for Robinson and the inside linebacker position, they kind of go hand in hand and, maybe the Rams elected to in, in uh, invest in the defensive line and a guy like Robinson instead of investing in a inside linebacker because a guy like Robinson would make a job easier for the guys behind him, But um, who knows how long that's going to take to finally come to fruition now with his uh, placement on the NFI list. But coming up in just a moment, Jake and I are going to discuss the return of safety, John Johnson and touch really upon the whole secondary, like Jake mentioned there, but Uh, We're going to discuss Johnson's potential development and whether maybe that leads to stardom and what it all means for the whole reshaped Rams secondary. And while we've got you, why don't you come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MVP, and you can find the Lockdown Rams page at Lockdown Rams. And lastly, you can find Jake at jkbogandtsn. The fitness industry is loaded with BS and filler designed to confuse you. If there's anyone you can trust or listen to, it's me. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with my story or not, but over the last 20 months, I've lost 150 pounds. I'd like to think my opinion is worth something. And with that being the case, I've been on the lookout for the perfect protein bar and I've finally stumbled upon one called the Built Bar. You need to check this out. They're absolutely delicious and offer 18 different flavors so you can never really get bored. The bars are also healthy. They're low calorie, they're low in sugar, they've got 19 grams of protein. They're high in fiber, and they even work for those who are on the keto diet. You can get a free cooler with your purchase while the supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code locked on, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Welcome back. In the first segment, we touched upon Brandon Staley and his defensive philosophy. We're going to be piggybacking on those thoughts here. We're going to continue our breakdown of the defense. I've still got my man Jake with me here today. We're going to be talking about John Johnson and a whole lot more. We may as well just dive right into it. So I was listening to an interesting press conference from John Johnson the other day on the Rams.com, their official page. And he had a quote that I thought was really interesting. He said, the defense should be the hammer. We should be able to dominate games. Now that stood out to me because I really like that approach in terms of being proactive as opposed to being reactive. I think the best defenses are usually the ones that attack and kind of initiate as opposed to lay back and and take punches and then kind of try to counter punch with that being said, I think, you know, obviously John Johnson's a really important piece of the secondary that that's been proven over the past two years and his development really came out of nowhere. And he's been just rising the ranks as one of the young, good safeties in this league. He's been proven um, and he's entering a contract season this year. His rookie contract is up after this year, obviously and he's returning to the field from a, a season-ending injury from last season. What do you think about his development? Do you think he could take the next step from going from just being a really good young player and, and potentially turning it to something like a franchise cornerstone?
0: Yeah, so I, I do think he can become that. Um, I have reservations whether it will be with the Rams or not. I think he'll turn into that player, or I do believe he can become that player. Uh, but I just don't know if that's who they're going to bring back. They, they have such a tough, uh, road ahead of them deciding. And honestly, we don't even know. Cause I know, I know, you know, I, I've suggested the idea that they get Ramsey back and Cup back, but we don't know if, you know, maybe it's one of the three and not two of the three. It's definitely not three of the three. So, uh, it's, it's tough with the salary cap, man, but, um, you know, as far as the player that John Johnson can become, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he turns into a franchise cornerstone this season. Um, but I, I don't know just the way, and I know you'll probably agree with me because we've had these conversations in the past, just the way the Rams value the safety position. I mean, he'd be likely to get tagged at, at the, the most. I, I don't think that they would bring him back, especially with the draft picks of, uh, Terrell Burgess and, uh, Jordan Fuller.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, it's, it's early, obviously it's tough to say, but I think mostly I I would agree, but, um, and and that's the, probably the biggest issue for the Rams at this point in time, when it comes to the whole COVID situation is that obviously the salary cap appears to be going down a whole lot next year, which is not good for a team with uh, a a boatload of really important free agents. Like you mentioned, Jalen Ramsey, obviously they can't let him walk with, uh, how much they invested in him. And then you got guys like Cooper Cup and John Johnson and, and so on and so forth. But um, do you think ultimately there's any chance that he sticks sticks with the Rams or do you think that there's just a really good chance that he's going to really price himself out of the Rams range and the Rams kind of planned for that by drafting Terrell Burgess and Jordan Fuller, like you mentioned?
0: Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I really do think that his price range is going to his price going to be out of the, the Rams range. Um, I think they took Terrell Burgess with the assumption that they actually wanted to play with three, uh, safeties. Um, I think they took fuller as another guy that they liked that could, um, you know, potentially down the road, maybe challenge one of them, uh, for a safety spot, but, you know, be kind of a special teams guy. Um, the way I looked at it is Burgess was a player that they would have added, uh, regardless of, you know, the, the contract status of John Johnson, Whereas Fuller was the guy they add, I think, to compete with Nick Scott for the special teams job and a guy that they probably saw as, you know, maybe he's a little bit like Nick Scott, but has more uh, potential to break, you know, a starting you know, defensive lineup. Uh, So that's kind of how I see it with in regards to, you know, those two being drafted. I don't think necessarily it was anything to do with John Johnson. I mean, could there have been something? Yes. But I just think you know, you could make the argument Terrell Burgess is filling in uh, what Nickel Ruby Coleman uh, was capable of with a mixture of, I guess, you know, LaMarcus Joiner in a sense, you know, kind of, he can give you that nickel. He can give you, I think he can play both safety spots. Um, so, I mean, I think they just, they might have grabbed the best player available in that regard. And I think he's going to work out very well for them.
1: Yeah. I never really thought about it like that, but I, now that you say it, I definitely think that makes a whole lot of sense. And I do agree that, Burgess feels more like um, just to kind of uh, selecting the best player available and, and sort of a, a replacement for a guy like Nikkel Roby Coleman, in, in addition to a whole lot of other things. But um, Fuller could ultimately become that guy down the line. But that remains to be seen. And and obviously, you know, we wish Johnson the best coming back this year from injury. We don't know what's going to happen, but he did prove to be a really important player for the Rams. And ultimately, his return is going to be big for the defense as a whole. Coming up, when we return, Jake and I will discuss the potential role for wide receiver Van Jefferson. What can you expect out of him? Where might he be used? What kind of usage might he demand? And make sure to check out tomorrow's episode when we discuss episode two of Hard Knocks, wide receiver Cooper Cup entering his last season in his rookie contract, and a whole lot more. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKEDON. That's one word. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LOCKEDON. Welcome back. We're on to our final segment of today. We're going to be talking about rookie wide receiver Van Jefferson out of Florida. The guy the Rams spent a second round pick on. Um, He reminds me a lot of Cooper Cup when he was coming out. I think they were both exactly 24 years old when they came out of the draft. Uh, They both possess elite route running ability. They're both kind of guys that you prioritize on money downs and in third downs and in situations where you kind of need to move the chains. Um, So, Jake, how much... Obviously, you know, Brandon Cook's moved on and Josh Reynolds has proven in in spot starts and in small time that he could take over that wide receiver three role and not only take it over, but potentially excel. But with that being said, the Rams obviously drafted Jefferson for a reason. Now, how much do you expect out of Van Jefferson in terms of his rookie season? Do you think that he has the potential to jump Reynolds for the starting wide wide receiver three job? Or do you think they'll kind of split time? um, and, and kind of just rotate back and forth? Or do you think Jefferson might just kind of ride the pine for the year? And then, and he's a, he was kind of a a pick for the future looking towards next year.
0: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, the way I see it is you mentioned his age, 24 years old. That is why I don't believe he's going to be riding the pine on top of it. I, I will say this right now, whether it be a hot take or not, I think he's already a better receiver than Josh Reynolds as it stands right now, talent wise. Um, The stuff he did uh, when I was in, um, when I was at the senior bowl, he just absolutely blew up the senior bowl, him and uh, you know, ironically Denzel Mims who was also um, you know, available at that spot. Uh, I just love his ability. I mean, he kind of just does it all. You know, the thing that makes me feel good about him is he's a very good blocker, um, underrated blocker. And I think that's really what's going to keep him on the field. Um, do I think he will eclipse Josh Reynolds? I think he's a better receiver. I don't necessarily think the Rams are going to do that. I think they'll probably, um, you know, rotate him here and there. Um, I think Van Jefferson will get a decent amount of playing time though. Um, you know, there are people saying he won't even hit like 200 yards receiving. I I'd be shocked. Um, I think it's probably a 500 yard receiving type of season for him. Um, and touchdowns, I I won't get into the numbers there because it really depends on how they use him. I mean, we saw that, that clip of, uh, John Wolford throwing that touchdown to him where he got his feet in bounds. It kind of shows you, um, you know, what he's able to do. I saw it, you know, in mobile, um, there was a, there was a passing play from, I believe it was Herbert. I think it was Justin Herbert and he threw uh, it was like in double coverage. He threw it. And I mean, Van Jefferson, if he wasn't blowing a guy off the line of scrimmage, he was jumping over him and making a catch. Uh, He was that guy, um, you know, during the senior bowl practices that week. So, I mean, I've seen him do it in person. Um, I think his, you know, jump ball ability is a little underrated, I think there are times when he's being described that I think people forget that he's not like five ten, uh, despite the fact he's a great right, route runner. Not all route runners have to be short. Um, so I mean he's six foot two. He's got good size. He's got he was the fastest timed uh, player at the Senior Bowl. Um, you know that same Senior Bowl that had um, you know a bunch of very fast guys, including Mims, who ran the four threes. So I think Van Jefferson has it all. Uh, You know, again, it's a question of if the Rams are willing to give him the opportunity over Reynolds. Um, I don't know if they're necessarily going to do that. I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, roll with Reynolds this year, kind of audition him for other teams, maybe trade him before the trade deadline or um, even bring him back at a reduced rate. I would not be surprised uh, no matter what they do with him. He's kind of like, you know, a wild card there. Uh, but don't think for a second the Rams got Van Jefferson because they're replacing Cooper Cup or Robert Woods. Uh, because I think they got him because they really, really like him, and they've proven throughout McVay's tenure they want three legit wide receivers. You saw it when they they went out and got Sammy Watkins. You saw it when they went out and got Brandon Cooks. They want Jefferson to basically replace Brandon Cooks in due time.
1: Yeah, I agree there. I think that makes a lot of sense and. You can, you can almost feel and see what their type is at receiver. You know They like guys that are good route runners. They like guys that are dependable. They like guys that have good, strong hands, guys that are um, going to move the chains in clutch situations. And while he's a, a different player and, and, and offers a different skill set than Brandon Cooks does, I think he could replace him down the line. And not only that, but like you mentioned, I do think that Van Jefferson will factor into the offense this season. To what degree? I'm not entirely sure, but um i wouldn't be surprised to see him and josh reynolds kind of split time because certain things that josh reynolds does well i think will keep him on the field like in terms of his ability to stretch the defense vertically but at the same time i think van jefferson offers some things that reynolds doesn't in terms of his clutchness his dependability his strong hands his elite route running ability and all that stuff do you think that there's an ideal role for Jefferson in, in his rookie season, whether that be, you know, extended playing time or not, is it, do you think there's any specific role that they could use him in? It's a great question.
0: Um, and it's really going to be dependent on how they want to use the other rookie. They got, uh, Bryson Hopkins or the other rookie they got cam Akers, Um, because, you know, you could say, well, you know, he'll come in on third down or he'll come in in a goal line situation, but, you know, maybe they designate their red zone target, uh, to be Bryson Hopkins, and I wouldn't be surprised because I, I actually think that would be a good idea. Um, Jefferson can stretch the field. He can also, obviously, you know, run a mean route. Um, he can catch passes over the middle and and you know, get the hammer laid out on him and get right back up. Uh, he has active hands. He, he's he's a very reliable receiver. Uh, so I think that does make him a chain mover uh, candidate. Uh, you know, makes him more likely to be on the field in in clutch situations. Um, you know, I mean, this isn't the first time, and I do want to bring this up because this isn't, isn't the first time Jefferson has kind of had to deal with guys in front of him. Uh, keep in mind he was with the Ole Miss team when they had DK and they had um Brown and uh, Demarcus Lodge. I mean, he is he's used to being in the situation. Uh, before he transferred to Florida, so um, you know, I think he's probably. You know, obviously he wants to play, but I think he's just kind of used to it and he's going to, you know, do what he can do and and control what he can control. Um, As far as comparison, like you say, Cooper Cup, I think he's got some Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, but the more I've been watching him uh, lately, just going back and and watching everything, uh, you know, rewatching, he really reminds me of Joe Horn, uh, the old wide receiver for New Orleans and Kansas City. Um, He's not as flashy, but. You know, I, I think he's got that underrated speed and when you watch him, I mean, not only is he a really good route runner because Joe Horn, I think was a really underrated route runner and people didn't give him the credit he deserved. Um, but he also fights through contact and kind of becomes a little bit of a running back when he has the ball in his hand. At least that's how I kind of viewed him. Um, so, you know, Joe, Joe Horn was a little physical when he got in space, you know, he could break some tackles. He had great balance. That's kind of what I see with Van Jefferson. Uh, so I think, you know, at the end of the day, the Rams have somebody that can end up being, you know, a pro bowl type of talent and we'll see after that. But, um, it really depends this year on how much they like Josh Reynolds. It sure seems like, I don't know about you, but it sure seems like the way, um, you know, the Rams social media is putting it, they're really trying to push Josh Reynolds on the fans. (laughs) I have noticed that.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, as of right now, he's he's going to get the, the first crack at the job, really. And, I mean, to his credit, he has stepped up in the la- in the last few years when, you know, Robert Woods went down with an injury for a few weeks. I believe it was a shoulder or a collarbone injury. And then Cooper Cups torn ACL. And even last year when Brandon Cooks got hurt. I mean, you got to give credit to a guy that's always ready like Josh Reynolds. And you can't really knock him for that. But make sure to check back in with us tomorrow to hear more about Hard Knocks Episode 2, which premieres tonight. Cooper Cup status with the Rams entering the 2020 season and what to make of these training camp updates. Just a reminder, come connect with us on Twitter. You can find me at QB's MVP. You can find Jake at JK DTSN, and you can find the Lockdown Rams page at On Rams. Please subscribe, follow. You can get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more. My man, Jake, thanks for joining me. It was a pleasure. I think we had fun and we're going to have to do it again soon sometime.
0: Absolutely. So,
1: hey, thanks again so much.
0: And uh, I look forward to uh, watching Ro, uh, you, know doing this thing. Yes, sir. And we'll be back.